Hello everyone, this is Riley Hamilton, and you're listening to Riley Hamilton's 31 Days of Halloween. I have to admit, I knew this would be popular, but I had no idea how popular. Thank you so much for tweeting me and commenting on my anchor page and doing all the other forms of communication, email, just getting in touch with me to let me know how much you loved uh, yesterday's story, The Boy Who Cried Ghost. A lot of you told me that you had nightmares, which I am sorry for, but that is something that you need to be prepared for when you're listening to this podcast because these stories are very scary and much scarier than the average uh, story that you're used to, like Stephen King or Edgar Allan Poe. These sort of uh, knock those you know, out of the water. And I already said as a warning, if you get too scared, uh, do not listen to this podcast. My next story is even scarier than yesterday's. It's called Dr. Frankenstein's Next Day. And I'm going to begin immediately because a lot of you complained that there was too much preamble yesterday in the beginning. Dr. Frankenstein's Next Day by Theodore Munch. And just a quick note, the audio quality is so bad in the beginning because I got so scared while I was reading this story, but then I started to calm down and so the audio gets better after like two minutes, so please bear with me. Dr. Frankenstein was tired. He had had a really crazy day the day before, yesterday. His day was so crazy yesterday, he could barely even recall it in his mind because of how hectic it was. It started when he created a monster out of disassembled dead body parts and he put them all together and then animated them to life using electrodes. It was so crazy. That was at 10 a.m. yesterday morning. He had gone grave digging at 6 a.m. He pulled a bunch of body parts from a bunch of different graves. There was a head, but that head didn't have eyeballs in it, so he had to get eyeballs from a different corpse. And then the corpse with the eyeballs had a really good arm that he wanted to use. And then he had to go to another grave to get a leg. You get the idea. He was grave digging from 6 a.m. till 9 a.m. So three full hours of grave digging until he finally found the perfect body that he wanted to stitch together. So when he got back, he put him, he had put him in a big burlap sack. And then when we got back to his laboratory, he started assembling him. So he put the right arm that he thought was really buff uh, onto a torso that he thought was really buff. And then the left arm, he couldn't find a buff arm that was still not completely rotten. So he had sort of a limp left arm. He found a gigantic butt and then a penis and then a right leg that was buff And he lucked out and got a left leg that was really buff. And then, to top it all off, 
he found the perfect head. It was the head of a millionaire that had just died two days before. So it was fresh and had barely rotted. But as I mentioned, the eyes for some reason were kind of shitty. So Dr. Frankenstein went and plucked out the eyes from someone else. He had been able to bring this collection of dead scraps to life using electrode technology that he had invented. It was amazing for about 10 minutes because then immediately after this pile of disassembled rotting body parts became alive, it was instantly sort of like a monster. He got out of his electrodes, sort of rose out of them. He broke the chains that Dr. Frankenstein had put on him. And then he started sort of, you know, growling like a monster. It was like he was pissed to be alive. Dr. Frankenstein was bummed because he had put a lot of energy into this, like the grave digging and the experimental electro technology. And then this monster started kind of going nuts. He got out of the chains. He ran up the stairs. Dr. Frankenstein was yelling after him, please come back, come back, my creation. I created life, but it runs away from me. And it did. The monster got out of the house, ran out of the door, and immediately started causing chaos. He was overturning mailboxes, ripping fence posts out of their proper place, tearing up the grass, causing a big scene, screaming. The town of London had never seen something like this. A rotten corpse filled, you know, assembled from different pieces that had come to life and just was acting so badly. Kicking up dirt, causing dogs to bark, sort of just everything you wouldn't want from a newly created life form. Dr. Frankenstein tried to chase him, but this monster was fast. He had gotten the buffest legs in a cemetery, so he was no match for how fast this thing could run. It was horrible. What started out as a fun day turned out, there's no other way to say it, shitty for Dr. Frankenstein. There was so much chaos and havoc that the town constables had to come over and they tried to restrain the monster, which is exactly what you shouldn't do. And the monster, of course, broke out of the sort of chains that the constables had that they wrapped his arms in. And he took, picked up both of the constables by their hair 
and bonked their heads together and sadly they both died. That was about the worst of it, or it would have been had not Dr. Frankenstein's monster seen a dog in the middle of the road and he kicked it as hard as he could and the dog went flying into a lake. He was okay, but he definitely wouldn't trust Dr. Frankenstein's monster ever again. And that was enough for the townspeople. They had seen this monster kick dogs, butt the two heads of the constables together, rip out their mailboxes, and they had had enough. They hated this monster. So they grabbed a bunch of torches, lit them on fire, and then ran after Dr. Frankenstein's monster. They were screaming and yelling. It had sort of brought out their inner monster. And once they finally found Dr. Frankenstein's monster looking out onto the water, pensively, they surrounded him. The monster had learned to speak by then, and he said, please, please don't kill me. I have experienced life now, and I can't go back to being dead. Please do not condemn, condemn me to an eternity of black after I've tasted life again. The people said, no, you must go back for what you have wrought is too much for this little town. So it was a little boy named Willie that got up the courage finally to take the steps towards the monster and bring his lit torch forward so that Dr. Frankenstein's monster was lit on fire. This act of bravery inspired the other townspeople and they also stepped forward with their torches and brought the flames upon this monster. The monster screamed and squealed as loud as they had ever heard a voice. I'm burning alive, he said. Why, Dr. Frankenstein, did you bring me to life just for me to die again? But Dr. Frankenstein wasn't there. He had already gone to bed. The monster died alone without his creator to witness it. So you can see why Dr. Frankenstein was so tired the next day. He had created life, it had caused sort of a chaotic situation, and then it had died all in one day. So Dr. Frankenstein was tired. Normally he would wake up at 7 a.m. on the dot and get started with his day. But because he had woken up early yesterday at 6 a.m. and had all of the stuff happen with that creation that he made, this day was basically um, a lost cause. He slept in till 10 a.m., which he hadn't done since his 20s, probably. He had a late breakfast. Then... This was so out of character for him. 
but he ended up taking a midday nap from like 2 p.m. to 3.30, just out of nowhere because he was so tired. And then he considered the day a wash after that. He was just tired, so tired that he decided that he should just give up on the day and do more creating the next day. What would he do now that his most amazing experiment was over, bringing the dead to life? Well, he thought, surely, if I can do that, why can't I do the opposite? Bring a life to death. So that's what Dr. Frankenstein did. He would go out late at night and experiment on living people, seeing if he was able to bring them to death. He would use guns and knives, and he did it so much that the police started to get concerned. They said, what's going on? Why are so many bodies being brought from life to death. They were so shocked by all of these experiments of successfully being able to turn a living thing into a dead thing that they gave a name to this person that was doing this damage. They called him Jack the Ripper. Yes, that's right. The Jack the Ripper that you know who was the serial killer in London. It turns out that was actually Dr. Frankenstein the day after, or two days after, he created life from Frankenstein's monster. So it's sort of interesting that those two stories um, are basically combined. So, yeah. So that's an interesting, interesting thing that happened. And that's sort of the end of the story. I mean, there's not much to do because it, then it becomes kind of the Jack the Ripper story. Um, the end. I want to thank you all for joining me today for another scary, scary story. I'm sorry that it sort of fizzled out at the end, but Theodore Munch is not a very good writer. And I don't know why I chose that story. Uh, there were some good moments, but it, overall, I think it kind of sucked. I'm going to be picking a better story tomorrow. Um, so please don't stop listening to me just because of the quality of this episode. If you did find it scary, great. That's obviously the best case scenario. But I can imagine a world where it didn't seem that scary. So, you know, I'm going to be doing a better job tomorrow. Pick a scarier one. I'm going to read it in advance uh, this time. And uh, thank you so much. You know, I have the best fans in the world, and I couldn't do this without you. Goodbye.